You are now listening to The Box Out, tri-state area basketball talk at its best. And now your hosts, Khalil Thomas and Jason Cordner. Let's get it. Let's get it. From NJ to BK in the world, it is Thursday night. You know what that means. It's time for the box out here on the Just Hoop Talk YouTube channel. My name is Kyle Thomas. Jason Corner joining me in just a few minutes. And on the line tonight, we have from the Double G Sports Days of Jason and myself, we have Nick Durst here. Nick, what's going on? What is up? I uh, specifically broke out the John Cena chain gang jersey for you guys. Hopefully, Jason appreciates it when he gets on as well. I know you do. And uh, lots going on in wrestling, but excited to be here and excited to to talk some hoops. It's a change of pace for me. Usually, I'm uh, not talking too much in-game analysis and stuff, so looking forward to it. Jason is here. Jay, what's going on, brother? Going on, everybody. Nick, what's happening? What's up, Jason? I, I've been dying to say this since I listened to your first episode. Uh, the best quote of all time from Jay. You're not the big show. What are you doing? That was just a tremendous quote. I don't know what you're talking about, but that was just phenomenal. Appreciate that, brother. So, you know I'm right. It's First of all, I got to say this. The guest that you guys get is major. You got Jeff Van Gundy, you got Craig Carton, Kenny Albert. You, you had the who's... You guys are doing a great job. Yeah. You had like a who's who of sports personalities. What kind of what was the genesis of this show and how you got started? Yeah, so you know, as you guys know, we used to all be together with Double G Sports. I did a, a very successful Mets focused podcast with them. We got a lot of listens, big following. Uh, the the website rebranded, uh, went to In the Zone. I'm still there. So is Jay, uh, and it's more of a sports lifestyle focus. So. I didn't want to, you know, mute my voice because obviously my podcast got canceled because it didn't fit the lifestyle branding. So started up a new show uh, during the beginning of the pandemic. So just about one year ago, uh, first guest was Adnan Verk for MLB Network and NHL Network on the very first episode. And that was because I previously worked with him. Um, later on, got Stephen Nelson on from the network as well, and Lauren Gardner, who I had a personal relationship with. So it's easy to get them on. And I brought on my my co-host, Joe, um, for a few episodes because I personally, I don't know how people do it. I cannot talk to myself for more than two minutes. <laughs> just, I'm mm-hmm. out of breath. I'm tired. Um, so we were just doing like, you know, lifestyle topics. And then I want to say maybe like November, um, you know, just – it's been nonstop. Every episode of You Know I'm Right has featured a prominent sports media personality or an athlete. Now we just recently had a, an actor on for the first time, Scott Patterson, who was in the Saw movies. He was in Gilmore Girls as Luke. And he had a really big career as a minor league baseball player. And he just he met he worked with all these Hall of Famers and he just kind of said how, you know, what happened in minor leagues. So trying to branch out a little here into entertainment if we can and it's, uh, it's been a great experience. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I got to thank some, uh, you know, initial big names for coming on. Um, Tim Kirchin came on. Um, I emailed him, and he was like, who is this guy? But he, he texted Adnan Verk, who used to work at ESPN, and Adnan said, yeah, you got to go with this guy. He's, he's great. 
And once I get him, I'm able to get Doug Kazari from ESPN. And then the people, I just, I've built such a resume now that when I'm emailing people, uh, they either, some people have heard about us, which is really cool. Um, we had on Kenny Albert, he said he heard about us from Liam McHugh and, and Pierre Maguire. And then we had on Bill Pito from MSG Networks. He said he heard about us from Kenny Albert. So that's pretty cool. Just some word of mouth there being traveling. And it's been a lot of hard work. It's not very easy. Um, you know, for every 10 people I'm e- emailing, um, you know, one's answering. Or, you know, for every, you know, 100 people I'm emailing, maybe 30 answer. But you know what? That's not bad if you're shooting 30% from three-point range. I guess I guess a lot of teams will take that. Um, and people answer, mm-hmm. get lucky. So two people answer. But it's a grind, though. You're like, guessing emails, trying to reach out to people on social media, seeing who's got their messages open, connecting on LinkedIn, but so far, you know, I can't complain. Some great success, some amazing guests, as, as you mentioned. Uh, and hopefully, you know, just continues from here and just snowballs and gets bigger and bigger. So you're at episode 90. You've recorded your 90th episode. So far, who's your favorite guest? Because I, I think Craig Carton is my favorite because funny he's real he was he was honest about his issues yeah. who was your favorite guest so far yeah, i mean that was you know that was his first interview that he's done um outside of like a radio hit he did to promote his show so man, that's pretty cool um yeah episode 90 we have about 15 unreleased episodes still to, still right now we're recording every day or every week a few times uh, a week um it's really tough for me to figure out my favorite guest i mean i'm I really liked Adnan Burke because he's the first one, good friend of mine, and that helped me, you know, get people on. Um, I think I gotta say I really like Tim Kirkshen from ESPN. Our only two-time guest, I was hysterical, and you know, getting him on the show really was like for me, like wow. I mean, this is a guy that I grew up watching on TV, um, and that was kind of like helped us big time. Um, you know, I'm taking the easy way out here. I can't give a one person answer. Um, you know, then I get in the WFN guys on, um, Carton's co-host, Evan Roberts was really cool to talk to. Uh, Greg Giannotti was, was a blast. He was awesome. Uh, Mary Carrillo from, from NBC. If you ever seen the Olympics, mm-hmm. you'll see her. She does a little stories. She was hysterical and she, she was so complimentary. She loved the show. She knew about the show. Um, she and Mike Francesa end up being cousins, which was a hysterical story. Um, what? Yeah. What? She, uh, she's like, she tells the story. Like, she had a great person. She's like, a few years ago, I met Mike, and he was like, my grandmother and your grandmother were sisters. And that's how they found that they were cousins. And it was just awesome. Um, so that was great. Um, and, you know, there's just so many, but how could I not say Jeff Van Gundy? I mean, Nick, big Knicks fan growing up. It's a birthright when your name's Nick and you live in New York. You got to be a Knicks fan. And talking to Van Gundy, he was just – he was a cool guy and very open about it. And, you know, was very fortunate to have him on. The way we got him on is an interesting story. So we we got on Mark Berman from the New York Post. Um, uh, maybe he was a, felt bad because he had to postpone us a few times. We were set to record one time. His internet wasn't working. Uh, another time, he was moving. Another time, he, we were about to go record, and then James Harden got traded, so we had to go work. So mm-hmm. he's like, then at the end, of the, so at the end of his interview with us, he's like, oh, you know, 
you know, if, if you're um, Jeff Van Gundy, if he's the type of guy, if you emailed him, he's going to come on your show because he wants to promote the guy basketball. And then I was like, after I was like, hey, you know, put us in touch with Van Gundy. And 24 hours later, we're recording an episode with Jeff Van Gundy. Incredible story. Great, That's great nice. person. And he was just really, he was open about everything, real as it gets. And, you know, as you guys know, I mean, him, he's him, Mark Jackson, and Mike Brain is the premier team of NBA at, you know, calling games. And we asked him, we were like, hey, what's the deal with Mark Jackson? Is he getting blackmailed? And he was like, yeah, I think so. There needs to be some sort of investigation, like look into that because there's there's absolutely no reason why I shouldn't be a head coach right now. Uh, that's that's my personal opinion as well. I don't know if you guys agree. And we said the similar thing about yeah. Patrick Ewing. He's like, Patrick Ewing had to wait 15 years to get a head coaching job. And I was in Georgetown. He should have been a head coach in the NBA a long time ago. And we're talking about, you know, is it the injuries with Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady and how they never worked out with the Rockets and just incredible guy and, you know, very gracious for him and all of our guests. So hopefully we'll get to that level where we have Jeff Van Gundy telling the stories about blackmail. But Jace, Jace, I know we always talk about Mark Jackson being a, uh, a, a, a hidden gem in the head coaching industry and how he should be, he should have had a job by now. I feel like the Knicks job was his uh, to me, and he really should have got it. But yeah, the Knicks that, that you know right now things are going to go with Thibodeau, so we can't complain. But the last like eight coaches could have been Mark Jackson. I'm also I was really so shocked, you know, first when Chris Mellon got carried by St. John's rather than Mark Jackson, and then when Mark Jackson wasn't Chris Mellon's replacement, they go to Anderson. So. I don't know. You would think the Knicks and St. John's would be perfect fits for Mark Jackson. So maybe Van Gundy's right. Somebody needs to do a deep journalistic dive into what's going on there. Maybe it's Jay. Maybe it's, you know, Sunil from, uh, you know, Double G Sports or somebody from the zone, or maybe it's a big time journalist. But something's up because, you know, I don't see how the Warriors end up being the Warriors and winning all those titles without Mark Jackson being there early on and getting Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green to the next level of their careers. No, I, I totally agree. Jay, do you agree? Totally agree. And I feel like I feel like Kenny Atkins would probably agree as well because it seems like it's happening to him slowly as well. Well, because it was – the Nets pretty much had that team, and that's what we're going to talk about now because I, I think I'm going to saw a little, little glimmer of a problem the other night. Atkinson had that team playing really well. And I think the way the team was laid out, it was young, they're hungry, they play hard. You get Kyrie and Katie in there, and I know we talked to Jason and I talked about this too, Nick. We feel like maybe he was pushed out and how That's- Kyrie might not have liked the way he was being coached. Kenny Atkinson does push his players, and I feel like Kyrie can't be pushed. Kyrie's not that type of player who can play under a coach that's going to push you to get to the next level. And I feel like Atkinson was just a victim of you got a superstar and you have to cater to said superstar. Well, listen, I mean, who, Kyrie Irving, who, who does he learn from? He learns from the best, LeBron James. And what did LeBron James do when he was a teammate with him and he first came back to Cleveland? He fired David Blatt when they were in first place. And they bring in Ty Lue, who I think is – Probably a top two most overrated coach in the league right now with Steve Carr. Uh, I don't think there's anything that Lou or Carr did that made the Cavaliers or the Warriors win championships. Um, but yeah, so Irving, he, you saw it. He didn't. He must have not liked Atkinson. He probably said 
hey, Kevin, I don't know if this is going to work with us next year. And you think, you know, Kyrie Irving, he said in this offseason, he said, oh, we don't really have a coach. Dirty throwing shade at Steve Nash. I could be the mm-hmm. coach tonight. Kevin could be the coach the other night. You know, the Nets are lucky. They have an amazing assistant coach with Mike D'Antoni. You wonder why James Harden's playing so well. It's because D'Antoni is there, and he loves D'Antoni because D'Antoni made him an MVP. So I absolutely think that Atkinson got forced out by Kyrie Irving. So, Jason, i got to bring this up. Nets up by 10. Inside two minutes in San Antonio. San Antonio forces overtime. We talk about this every week, about how the Nets have trouble defensively. Me seeing that got me thinking, like, maybe the Spurs might have figured out and in turn the league might have figured out Okay, this is how we can get the to get to the Nets. Do you think Monday's game in San Antonio might have been either a wake up call for Brooklyn or maybe a blueprint for other teams in the league to figure out? Okay, this is how we can shut down Brooklyn. This is how we can beat them. It has to be late. Ben, I think it's a wake up or, but um, I think more so that they, you know the Nets kind of like they play with their food. Like I always tell you, they're not really they don't have that killer instinct to turn it on when they need to like hammer somebody. Like, have we seen the Nets victory by over 25 points throughout this whole season? Probably not. You got a couple of 15-point wins, 18-point wins, but you haven't really seen them really throttle a team since they got the new big three. I think the problem with the Nets, it's more of like, have you watched Philly lately? Embiid is going to dominate them in the post. I think they have to address that center, backup center situation ASAP, or they're going to be done in the second round. And I think with the Nets, they rely so much on their offense, it's going to only a matter of time because we've never seen an offensive team win a championship without playing a little bit of defense. Mm-hmm. And, Nick, the rumor is that they're going, to go, they're going to go small. They say when KD comes back, KD might play a lot of five. So you will see a lineup of Irving, Harden, Harris. Um, you could see Jeff Green. And then you see KD. Is that a lineup you think that could win a championship for Brooklyn, especially in the postseason? I don't know. I think DeAndre Jordan's got to continue to start there and because it's just – it could win, but, it's again, like you said, the defense is the problem, so it all comes down to, to scoring. We've seen it. When they outscore people, they win. When they don't score 130 points, they tend to lose. Like we saw when the, the whole experiment first started when – Colin Sexton went off and the, the Cavaliers beat, beat the Nets. It was a big shocker. Um, and now everything's going so well because there's only two guys in the big three out there. So I, I got to see how they're going to play when all three of them are out there uh, because we already saw that Harden was able to swallow his pride. He was looking to pass first and not exactly shoot. Um we know Durant's the best player on the team, so he's going to be the top option. So I, re- I really got to see still what we're going to see out of Kyrie Irving. Uh, and are these guys going to be motivated to play defense? Um, looking at the East, probably a great chance the Nets are in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know if I believe in the Sixers, but, you know, if you're, you're playing the Sixers, is Durant going to be able to stop Embiid? Probably not. So I don't know if that small ball would work too well. Uh, in that scenario. Uh, and also, I think if you're in the Bucks, I mean, Durant's got to go one-on-one with Giannis because otherwise I don't really see it. Maybe Jeff Green goes against him. So, I don't know. I think there could be some matchup issues. 
very late in the playoffs if they go in with that small ball. Um, obviously, we know, like I mentioned, Antonio's the assistant, and the Rockets went small for so many years with uh, with Hayes as their center. He's six foot seven, so that's probably where that's coming from. They'll try it out. They'll see how it works. It's probably going to work with the regular season, but it's a whole different ball game when you get to the, the conference finals. All right, so I'm going to go Nick and then UJ. Nick, at this point in the season, we're at the midseason all-star break. Where do the Nets finish? Do they get to the finals or do they fall short of the finals or do they win a whole championship? I'm going to say they get to the Eastern Conference finals and lose. No, Jason. For a devil's advocate, I was going to agree. <laughs> I was going to agree with Nick, but I'm going to say they get to the finals. I feel like they, there's an acquisition to be made that'll get them to the finals. I don't know full strength. Can they beat a full strength Laker team? LeBron's going to come out here with a Superman two performance. Like I told you last week, he's going against the three headed monster. So I think this is his defining championship to win for LeBron to really be like, yeah, I'm on that Kobe Jordan level. Let's not not crown the Lakers yet. I mean, it's going to be some stiff competition this year in the West. LeBron plays with his food. LeBron ropes everybody in. And then well, let me ask you this, this, Jay. Can the Lakers get to the finals without Anthony Davis? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Good answer. Good answer. I don't think we see Anthony Davis until late April, early May. And that's when you're going to need him. So let me ask you guys. Are, do you guys believe in the Utah Jazz or no? The Utah Jazz are the 2021 version of the Atlanta Hawks. From um, back in 20, what, 2013, 2014, when mm-hmm. the Miami Heat just them so quickly. I think Utah – you know who I believe more in Phoenix? I think Phoenix will give the Lakers and Clippers more of a problem than Utah. Well, this is what I like to say about the West. Um, the last two years, the everyone just assumed the top – you know, the top two teams are going to be in the conference finals. So whether that is the Lakers, you know, consider not the standings wise, but the Lakers and the Clippers is what everyone says in the top two teams in the West or, you know, the Lakers and it was the, the Lakers and the Thunder or, you know, whatever it happened to be or the Lakers and the Rockets. Um, but you look back two years ago, you got the Portland Trailblazers who get to the conference finals. Then you have last year, the Nuggets make it to the conference finals. So chances are, a team like that, maybe it's the Jazz, gets to the conference finals. So I would put more stock in thinking that, you know, a team like the Jazz or the Nuggets or maybe the Trailblazers make a run and get there than rather than – because I, I think the pressure is on Ty Lue and the Clippers big time. And I think it's going to be really tough for them to – Well, true, and they're folding because you saw the other night, I think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard went 0 for 9 in the fourth. The other night, PG went like – was like one for 10 or two for 10 in the fourth. I feel like the pressure starting to get to him. I feel like maybe Kawhi can handle it because I feel he has the meaner to handle the pressure. He's done it. He's won titles. Playoff P cannot. He's he 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 he's folding and he's starting to see it slowly. Utah, I don't see it because I feel like everything is hitting really well for them. And I feel like they're not like on paper, they're not a great team. Like you have Donovan Mitchell. I think Gobert is playing out of his mind right now. I think almost he's playing to prove he's playing for his teammates to say, Hey, listen, I'm sorry about what happened last year. My bad. I'm playing hard for you guys. Cause I know I kind of messed things up for everybody. Yeah. 
but I feel like has a team. I feel like it's not a good team. I feel like everything is uh, just clicking really one well. Of the best three point shooters, um, and surprisingly, uh, Jay Jay Crowder is having like a resurgence year all of a sudden. You know, number ninety nine over there, and that's the problem. Like, so we're looking at Donovan Mitchell or Gobert, and it's like James and Crowder. Uh, James and Crowder. I'm thinking like the like the Jets receiver. Jay Crowder's having a great season. So is that your three? Like Jay Crowder's going to be your third option. That's a problem. That's an issue if Jay Crowder becomes that guy that you really got to depend on to go with Mitchell and Gobert. Well, I'm guessing both of you guys think the Lakers will be in the conference finals. So would you, are you more likely to say it's going to be the Clippers or are you taking the field? And you know what teams could you see in the mix there? You know what? I was going to say the Clippers, but – you, you convince me I might take the field because I feel like this might be the year that the Blazers get back to the conference finals. I love it. I feel, I'm going to go with the Blazers. And one thing about Utah, as uh, LeBron and Katie are having the draft right now, Donovan Mitchell is the second to last pick. Disrespect. I just want to put that out Total. There. Total disrespect. That's great. That. When this is all done, when this draft is done, we're going to talk about it because the fact that he's the next to last pick is that's like you said, Nick. That's disrespect. Yeah, she's got that chip. Ever, you know what? It's ever since Chuck Charles Barkley called him out, the Jazz yeah. were unstoppable and took off. Now they're the number one seed, and it's, it's been incredible. Uh, and you know, speaking of the Trailblazers, I'd love to see them get to the conference finals because I think they could knock off LeBron because. Just the way the team's built. I need to see Carmelo Anthony compete for a title at least once in my lifetime. I mean, we I said that last year in the bubble, and we were sorely disappointed. So we're not going with the Blazers anymore. <laughs> well, they won the first game of the series, but they they got there right. They weren't they weren't the eight seed. They won the play in. So right, you look, look Damian Little last night uh, the, against the Warriors shoots a three a ridiculous three from so far away. And then he draws the charge on Draymond Green. They win the game. Carl Anthony had a big game as well. But that's the type, those are the type of teams that tend to give these mega teams a hard time. Uh, you know, we saw it, remember, with, uh, you know, with, it's last year with the Clippers. They got eliminated by the Nuggets. So it just it just tends to happen that way. And um, just you just never know. I mean, Portland themselves two years ago, they gave everybody fits. No, everyone thought it was near the Rockets against the uh, mm-hmm. the Warriors, and it wasn't. See, Nick, sure. made a great, Nick made a great point because he's pretty much saying the same thing about what we feel about the Nets. Like Philadelphia would present matchup problems because of their size, and I feel like the Blazers' style of play will create so much problems for the Lakers and the Clippers. You know, I think if the Portland if Portland finished with the fourth seed. They could probably take out Utah if Utah holds down number one spot, and we might see a Lakers, Clippers in the second round instead, and that would make for a great conference finals with Blazers and Lakers. So, so here's my question, to you Jay: If it's Lakers Clippers in the second round, because you just said that in my head immediately, five games, and it's done. It's going five and that's it. Because I feel like. The, the Lakers are in their head. The Lakers are living rent-free in the Clippers' head right now. I feel like the Clippers can't, like I said, can't handle it, can't figure it out, and the Lakers are in their own head. I think the Clippers are in their own head. <laughs> I mean, does anybody here think it was a good idea to fire Doc Rivers? I mean, I think I, would, I just don't get it. I mean, I'll go no. to do with the, with the 76ers right now. You can't tell me that 
uh, you know, he's the reason they lost in the playoffs because his two superstars couldn't score. Uh, and you can't tell me that Tyron Lue is such a better head coach and is going to make such a big difference. But hey, they got Kenny Atkinson as an assistant head coach, assistant coach, so maybe maybe he impacts. Well, well it kind of I feel like it kind of goes to like, well, we might need a new voice, which yeah. I always hate that. I think that happened in Atlanta this week when he fired their head coach. We just need a new voice. So, I mean, first of all, he's been in two years. Secondly, you literally redid your entire roster this offseason. Right. So, you know, for an Atlanta coach, he was throwing a brand new roster with the session of maybe, you know, Trey Young and um, Clint Capella. Oh, besides a lot, of those, a lot of those couple other guys, that's really it. Mm-hmm. And they gave him no time to really gel that team. The whole new voice thing, I hate it, and that's what they're – the Clippers' excuse was we need a new voice, so they got Ty Lue, who was sitting on the same bench as Doc Rivers anyway. So you're not really getting a new voice. You just slide your voice Mark down Jackson. in the chair. Had to hire Mark Jackson. Poor man. Um, it is the NBA All Star break this weekend, so we're going to give out some midseason awards. Um, I want to put my vote. I want to start most improved player. I want to see if you guys agree with me. Most improved player for me right now goes to Julius Randle. I think Julius Randle. He's in the All Star game. I think he might be the best player, not to mention in the East. I think he might be one of the best players in the Eastern, uh, not Knicks, but Eastern Conference. I think he's having that good a season, scoring, rebounding, bringing the ball up like his Draymond Green. I think he's the most improved player right now. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts? You know, I'm gonna second that. I'm gonna go with. Well, I'm gonna go with Julius Randle. He's a more polished um, Zion, like I told you before. I think Tibbs coming in there helping him out. He came into shape before camp. It all it all just points towards him having a breakout season. And what I like seeing about Zach is, I mean Julius Randolph is the fact that he came in and he was, you know, he he knew he had a bad year last year. He didn't make no excuse about it. Mm-hmm. He worked this game, and now and he didn't do it on a contract year like so many people. They do it when it's in the contract year. He did it on the second year, knowing he had a bad first. So, kudos to him. He's an all star. I always felt he was. A better, he was underutilized in New Orleans and in LA. So I'm happy to see him succeed. Well, he had such a bad year where the Knicks actually drafted his replacement. Right. So now they, they're kind of stuck with Obi Toppin right now because of how Randall's playing. Uh, Nick, who do you have for most improved players so far? So I'm going to give you two because I don't really know, you know, what your qualifications are. So the first one, I was going to say Zach Levine, but you might say yeah, he's already established. He's good, but he's been significantly better this year. And, you know, he's going to be, he might be traded here. So yeah, I think he's become, you know, one of the top 15 point guards or something along those lines. Maybe better. I'd have to do a list, but um, I really like what I see from him. And if you're saying, ah, he's already established. I'm going to go with Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, he's been mm. tremendous this year. Um, big step forward offensively and defensively. Um, he's playing very well, and those, those would be my two guys. And Brogdon, listen, I think Milwaukee would really want Brogdon back right now. <laughs> I think they kind of regret not, not signing him last year. Like He's he's yeah. exactly what they would need right now. The Bucks they need to make a trade in the deadline. I don't know, I don't know what they're doing. Like, you know, maybe they could get – Levine, maybe they can get Blake Griffin, somebody. They got to get they got another score in there. We'll see about that. <laughs> I have no confidence in the wall. I'm so far I've – tri- I've tried – and Jason can tell you, Nick, I've tried Milwaukee over the years. They were my pick last year, actually. Like, throughout the whole year, into the bubble, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, and I'm I'm done. I'm, I'm over it. I'm, you know, I'm done. 
You know what's Milwaukee's worst fear right now? If they lock down the three seed and see Miami as the six, they'll catch nightmares all over again about the even, But even Miami, like, we talk about this all the time. That was bubble Miami. I don't see that Miami this year at all. They're gonna make a, I think the Heat will make a move in the East before anybody else at the trade deadline. Listen, I, you know, there's a few guys out there, but the, for the Knicks' perspective, I think they should be looking to add, and I'd love for them to get a little depot. Uh, I think that would be tremendous. Obviously, he's not re-signing because he, he, talk, he turned that down. But whoever in the East can get Oladipo, I think that could be a tremendous difference maker. Yeah, especially if it's Miami. I think Miami with Oladipo would be insane. Um, coach of the year. This one, I, I kind of went back and forth because I'm like, you know, he's another Nick guy. Okay, I was thinking Thibodeau. But I'm actually digging what Quinn Snyder's doing in Utah. And I think the last two weeks have kind of shown me that, you know what? Quinn Snyder might be one of the best coaches in the league, and he's so underrated. And I think this goes to the East Coast bias because we live in the East Coast. I don't see a lot of Utah Jazz games at all, and they're not one of the 20 games that we see the Lakers on. So I have no idea how they play most of the time, almost his highlights. I think Quinn Snyder's my coach of the year. Nick, who's yours? Quinn Snyder. You had it. That's exactly who I had. It's easy decision. We can't get caught up in the the New York bubble of, of Tom Thibodeau here. Uh you know, everybody in New York cares about the Knicks. The Nets are more popular in Wyoming than they are in New York. So we got to just keep that in perspective sometimes. But, yeah, Quinn Snyder, top team right now. Uh, so midseason, I don't know how you, how you can't pick them. A um, lot of talent in the West. I mean, one through one through 12, great teams. So mm-hmm. playing tough schedule here. And like you mentioned earlier, maybe the roster is not there, but they're the one seed. So how do you not go with Quinn? And Jason Corden, who's your coach of the year right now? I'm not gonna make it a, a I'm not gonna make it a three for three. I'm gonna go with my bubble. I'm gonna go with Tibbs because every episode I've been steadily saying, hey, the Knicks were projected to win 22 games. Here we are, All Star Weekend. They're at 18. They play again tonight. It could be 19. So I think what Tibbs is doing, he's overachieving. He's gotten these guys to believe. He's pushing them. And hey, like you said, like you said, Nick. In Wyoming, the Nets are the – I'm in Brooklyn. I'm literally blocks away from Barkley. Nobody cares about the Nets in Brooklyn. Nobody <laughs> talks about the Nets. It's all about the Knicks. It's been like that since the Nets moved to Brooklyn. So, there you go. Yeah, that's kind of – that's funny because, you know, earlier I was talking about Van Gundy and Berman, and I asked him the question. I was like, are you surprised that – at the time this happening, I was like, are you surprised that more people want to know if Emmanuel quickly is going to start as opposed to caring that James Harden got traded to the Knicks? They're like, no, not at all. Nobody nobody cares. Nobody's going to care about the Nets. It, 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 it's going to take a long time. They're not going to steal fans from Brooklyn who are diehard Knicks fans for the last eight years. So it's going to be really tough. But, yeah, the Nets are the, the national story. But the local story for us three in the New York, New Jersey area is obviously the Knicks playing well and – very happy with Thibodeau so far. We'll see what happens. I still think we're going to hit a wall here, unfortunately, and we're going to end up a little below 500, but we should still be in the 7-10 to 10 play-in game if we're Knicks fans looking into that. I think they're going to be in that range for sure, despite the record. Mm-hmm. Especially with their second-half schedule, because I feel like the NBA screwed them completely with that schedule. Especially, and I think we talked about this last week, those last eight games – are insane. It's brutal. They're on the road. They're playing. I think they have the Clippers and then they got the Sun. Like it's a brutal end way to end the season, especially when those games are really, really going to count. Rookie of the year. I was going back and forth with this. 
I was going to say LaMelo as much as I don't want to. I still hate the family. However, the man that we should have had on draft night, I'm going with Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton is my rookie here. I think the way he's playing, the way he's gelled with that team, because I really thought him and De'Aaron Fox, that makes no sense. But somehow, I feel like they figured out a way to play them both at the same time, not like, hey, you sit down, Fox, you they figured out a way to merge them. So I have Tyrese Halliburton has worked here year over LaMelo Ball by not much. It's really, really close. I was literally – I was teaching my kids today, and I actually – this was one fourth grader who knows basketball a lot, and I actually pulled him off Zoom to a breakout room privately and said, hey, who's your rookie of the year? He's like, Tyrese Halliburton. I'm like, there you go, done. <laughs> so Tyrese Halliburton, rookie of the year. Jason, who's yours? I'm going to go with LaMelo. And when LaMelo wins, I want to see LeVar come out and accept that trophy and talk about how great it is to have two I don't want that. one point guards in the NBA. Because even, hey, shout out to Lame- um, Alonzo. He's playing a little bit better, too. But it's got to be LaMelo, man. He's, he's been carrying the Hornets, who I think is probably going to be in the playing game. So there you go right there. We're going to talk about rookies making a playoff impact. I'm going to go with LaMelo because I think Charlotte is right there at that bottom tier of the East. I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting for Lonzo to get traded to the Hornets because mm. the Pelicans are just – I, I hate to say this, but they're never going to win, uh, <laughs> even with Zion. So this is what I'm kind of playing out for the Pelicans here. Uh, wherever LeBron James' son gets drafted, LeBron's going to sign there, and then they're going to force Zion to get traded to that team. So it's going to be – it's going to be – the two Jameses and Zion, that'll be the big three in three years. So we'll have to worry about that right now. But I'm sorry. I don't think it's going to work out with the Pelicans. And it's a real shame. But you know what? None of these teams, it's insane. No team anymore can win without multiple superstars. And good luck to the Pelicans getting another superstar to, to come to come play there. Sorry, sorry, Pelicans fans. But well, here's, my, here's my question with that thing before you give your rookie of the year. Does Utah have – they have Mitchell. Does Utah have that second – I don't see Rudy Gobert has a second superstar. They're winning. Now, whether they win a championship, hold on a conversation. But is Rudy Gobert that second guy really, or is that just kind of a Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert is a distant number two with everybody else? Well, I mean, Rudy Gobert is different because he is the defensive player of the year. So, again, that and that's a homegrown talent. So – um, is he like the best scoring option? I don't know, but maybe it's just a matter of the fact that Donovan Melcher is becoming a superstar here. But look, they had a superstar or so we thought before in Gordon Hayward, and he ended up leaving. So it's very tough, unfortunately. That's why I give major kudos to Giannis Antetokounmpo for st- signing long term with the Bucks, staying with the team who brought him to the show. And I, I respect that so much because he's the only person who's done it in the league. Obviously, other than Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, who, you know, kudos to the Warriors, who actually people give the Warriors crap all the time, but they built through the draft. So I can't I can't knock them for that. If you want to go ahead and add Kevin Durant, that's your right. But, you know, the Lakers, do they even have anybody on their team who they drafted under the, like Caruso? I mean, I, I don't know. It's just it's 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 a little nuts. So, yeah, that's the NBA. But my rookie of the year. uh 
I'm going to go with the same with you guys. Halliburton, he's been incredible. He's top five in the all the offensive categories. Would have been a great Nick. Would have much rather had him than Derrick Rose and, and Alfred Payton and Austin Rivers. Mm-hmm. But him quickly in the backcourt uh, would have been really exciting. And then you could, you could have had Neil Keena, we're seeing, get more minutes. But he could have just been a defensive stopper, which is what he is. Uh, you could say what you want about his offense. I think Neil Keena can go toe-to-toe with anybody when it comes to defense. And I don't know. I wouldn't be worried about him guarding anybody, um, especially when he's not just after score. But we don't have Halliburton, so we have Obi Toppin. We'll see what happens with him as, as Knicks fans. But the other guy I want to give a shout-out to is who I think, um, you know, I like the guy that the, the Wizards drafted, uh, Devi. I think he might end up being the best player in the draft. But the guy that I think is the best player that was drafted, and we'll see this in 2022 when his team goes to the NBA Finals, that's James Wiseman of the Warriors. He's, he's, he's fit in right away. And just wait till next year when you got Wiseman, Wiggins, Thompson, Green, and Steph Curry, and they'll probably add somebody. The Warriors, they'll be back. They'll be back into business. We thought they were going to be back in business this year. It's unfortunate with the Thompson injury. But Wiseman's been great. He's And it's, you know, his, his numbers aren't tremendous because obviously Steph Curry's, you know, scoring, but he's been very good defensively and he, he's fit in perfectly with that team. And, you know, everyone was like, they're going to draft the big man. Uh, no, but it, it was a, it was a good call because, um, you know, I think they ultimately kind of lost that the, the end of their their big run there because they didn't have that big man. Andre Iguodala was playing sack. So, Jason, and I know Nick just mentioned the name Andrew Wiggins has part of the future championship team of the Warriors. Is Wiggins there? Because I think Wiggins is a legit trade piece for that team. So I feel like I didn't watch the game last night completely because I, I passed out. But there was one play. Oh, there was a play where he actually got an assist, but on a botched layup by himself, missed the layup completely, almost got the ball out of bounds, kicked it back out to the side, got a three out of Bazemore, and got lucky and got an assist out of it. I still don't see the big deal with Andrew Wiggins. I still don't see his head in this game. Is Andrew Wiggins going to be part of this championship team that Nick talked about, or do you think Golden State's like, you know what, we could kind of move him and get something else for it? I'm going to say he's probably going to be on the, the championship team, but he'll be re- delegated to the you know role player. Yes, the Adam Mor- it's going to be Adam Morrison, the Adam Morrison role. Pretty much, because once you get Clay back. <laughs> Adam Morrison, the tough man. I don't know. <laughs> once you get Clay back, I mean, the Splash Brothers are back in He's not going to start, no. Yeah, you're not going to really need him on the – you're not going to need him to start. So I think he'll still be there. He's still serviceable. He's just, you know, sometimes his head is not in the game. Yeah, he's uh, sometimes. He, I guess, I mean, he's he's okay. Um, yeah, he's not he's not a superstar. We thought he was going to be. Um, you know, I, that's how I feel about RJ Barrett too. I feel like he could be like a ni- an, eighth, an eighth or ninth man on a good team. I don't I don't think he's ever going to be this mega star. Unfortunately, I mean, third pick, getting a third pick, you couldn't get John Morant. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I think, well, I think what are the RJ? He's not going to lead you to a championship. He's not your number one option, like at all. Could he be a number two to a Bradley Beal? Beal plays a two. Barrett plays a three. I think he that's his role. Barrett, his demeanor, he's a, he's a, he's, a good, he's fundamentally sound. He's a good ball player. He's not going to bring the championship. But could he be someone's Robin to a Batman? Definitely. I don't think he's, – he's definitely a starter in this league. I don't think he's a bench guy. 
Now, if he's if he's your number one, you have a problem. Something's off. Like you're not winning anything. Well, well, Nick, Hopefully. I have a crazy, I have a crazy hot take that I've been. I, I must have mentioned maybe two years ago. I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's gonna get us. He's gonna get us um, Zion in two years. I think their friendship, the Knicks building a culture, whether Tibbs is here or not, I think that he's gonna be the guy to lure Zion to New York. So that's what he. That's the purpose he serves on the Knicks right now. So that, it's easy then. Draft LeBron's son. LeBron signs with the Knicks, and then they get Zion. So we have like, the, way, like so the way to get LeBron is by drafting his son. I hate absolutely. That. <laughs> That's the only way you get that. You know LeBron's playing with his son. The contract lines up perfectly. Whoever drafts him's getting LeBron at age forty-one or whatever it's going to be. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, of course we'd like Zion, but I don't, I don't know because the last player the Knicks have re-signed after drafting was Patrick Ewing. So there's a good chance R.J. Barrett's not a Nick in three years. That's, that's that's actually true. I didn't think about that. I do like the I do like the hot take about Zion coming to the Knicks. That's 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 sexy right there. That's okay. I feel I, I feel it happening. I feel it happening. That's sexy. Um, MVP. I'm gonna let you guys go first because I'm still mulling it in my head up to showtime. So we'll start with you, Nick, since you're the guest. Who is your MVP for the midseason? Nikola Jokic. Guys, close to a triple double. Um, without him, the Nuggets would probably not be in the playoff mix at all. Murray's been pretty poor this season, and he's also been tremendous defensively. You can make an argument that he's been defensive player of the year. So, just all around, he's been incredible. Um, and you know, he does he he has been getting some love at, in the last few years, but he doesn't nearly get the love he should be getting. Um, if this guy was, you know, maybe if it's maybe it's because he's in Denver. Um, but if he was playing somewhere else, I think there'd be a lot more hype around him than what he gets. Maybe the dad bod. I think the dad bod is probably playing a role against him too. Um, Jason, who you got? I'm going to go with LeBron because he's been carrying the load for the Lakers and he's still putting up some great numbers. I, I'm going to, I'm only going to put him ahead of Jokic only because of the load. I didn't think he was going to be this, you know, engaged so early in the, you know, in the season considering I thought he would have been the one that had been really emphasized load management coming off the NBA Finals ending in October. But he's been full throttle, so I'm going to give LeBron his props. So I was thinking Jokic. I was between Jokic and my eventual pick. I think I should make my decision right now. I think Joel Embiid's the MVP. I think the way he's playing his games, just it came together completely this year. And I feel like – He's the reason they're so good. Ben Simmons is having a good year. Still can't shoot a three for shit, but regardless. I think Embiid is the best player in the league right now. I think Jokic is a close second. I think Jokic is, and I think he was drafted. I want to go over this. Who picked him in the draft? LeBron picked him in the all-star draft. I think Jokic is one of those players that can make or break a team. And I think the Nuggets had to keep him because I think, I think him in that lineup Adds a dimension for a big man who can shoot, who can pass, who can score. His court vision's there. He can bring the ball when you need him. I think he's that all-around player that works in this NBA. He's not that center that goes into the blocks and gets the ball down. Do you think the trailblazers are not trading him? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because, I mean, you look at their centers. Portland's centers now. I don't even know their names off my head. He does canter. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) But, I mean, you look at 
But, I mean, you look at, you know, you have two extremes. You have Andre Drummond, who's kind of a throwback type of center. You got to throw a ball down to him. He's going to kind of go in the block, back you down. And then you have the other extreme of Brooke Lopez, who literally just stands at the three-point line and shoots. Doesn't even try. Jokic is a good mix of both of them. Where he could go inside, go outside, pass. Those are just incredible. Yeah, so I feel like Jokic is that guy. But this thing about Embiid this year is like, damn, he's really, really good this year. So I got Embiid as my MVP this year right now. Do you think Ben Ben Simmons is going to be with the 76ers past the season? According to Jason, they got to make it work. (laughs) They have to make it work. (laughs) Trust the process. Would you, Jason? Jason's would, Jason, would, would you take Ben Simmons on the Knicks? Because mm. mm. to me, I, I would want him because I think he comes in and is you know he he could kind of be that point guard. Maybe you don't need him to shoot, um, but I don't know. I think there's still a lot of untapped potential there with Ben Simmons. He can't shoot a three, but I don't know. Maybe Jason. How about Ben Simmons for Andrew Wiggins? Hmm. J- Jason Cordner, our resident general manager. You you make that call. I'm not I'm not touching that one. Both both the Ben Simmons call and that Wiggins for Simmons. You make that call. I'm not making that one. The Warriors would do that in a heartbeat. I don't know. Oh, the, the Sixers would not do that. Yeah, the Sixers won't. Yeah, the Sixers wouldn't do it. But I, I definitely think it's gonna. It has to work. It has to work. Surround them with shooters. That's the key. They have the great. They have a great in, inside outside game. Stick to the formula; they'll be fine. The Warriors bench is horrible, by the way. So if they have any, if they want to compete in the long term, they gotta, they gotta do. Which, something. which kills me because you didn't have Curry for most of last year. Draymond missed a lot of time. You didn't have Clay. You would think that bench would be the most ready. It's a lot of rookies. Experience. Of, yeah, they let they just let. All those guys that played those serious you know, minutes I, last I, year. Like, I don't know the guy's name, but that guy with the, the guy with the red hair, I just like his game. I don't know. He doesn't he doesn't play much though. They got Kelly Uber? No, not Kelly Uber. I think he's a rookie. I don't know. He's got red hair. He's got red curly hair. He, uh, he doesn't he doesn't really play much. I saw him playing See, this, yeah, this, for some reason. I was like, ah, I like this guy. But uh, yeah, the benches you can't really name that many people on the on the Warriors. And you know what? The same thing could be said for the 76ers right now, but kudos to Doc Rivers because he has him in first place. I mean, I will say if any team's missing a player right now, I think it's the Sixers missing JJ Redick. Because Jason said he got to surround Ben Simmons with shooters. You had the ultimate shooter right there, and you just let him roll. And I'm like, that's They're a guy definitely that... not missing Jaleel Okafor. What a bust that guy was. Don't talk <laughs> about him. I have him in NBA 2K21 in my Pistons franchise. And he's killing it for me right now. Him and Miles Plumley, one-two combination. Love those guys. Did you, did you trade Blake Griffin? <laughs> I'm trying to. No, I'm trying to. No, literally, I did the trade finder. So Nobody the, wants. So was the Pistons. They're trying to. Well, the, I, think the problem, I think if Blake Griffin is goes to a contender, he could be a big difference maker in the playoffs. I, if he gets 20, 25 minutes, I think he's a difference maker. I feel like if. If you're expecting Blake Griffin from the Clippers, it ain't happening. That, that's long gone. But for a spark, maybe you start him, you play him in selective minutes, maybe come off the bench with him. I think he's perfect. But I How think- about Blake, Kerf- Blake Griffin to the Clippers? Or Blake Griffin <laughs> reuniting with Doc Rivers with the 76ers? 
the whole thing with that is what would Detroit want? Because I feel like Ben Simmons, maybe. You're just trying to get Ben Simmons off the Sixers, Nick. I'm not (laughs) trying, trying but if you're the Pistons, who are you asking for from the 76ers? You want a first round pick, you're not getting a beat. You're going to ask for Simmons. Yeah, but I feel like you can't get a first round pick for Blake Griffin right now. No, I think you definitely can. Really? Yeah, not not going to get a top pick. If you're trading Griffin to a team who is like going to make a deep playoff run. Yeah, you get a twenty. Yeah, you get a twenty. You get like someone in the twenties. Absolutely. I would not give a first round pick. You're not gonna get multiple picks. You're gonna get this year's twentieth and higher pick in in the lottery. Maybe a second. I mean, maybe. I mean, you may give them. I guess a first round pick this year, maybe a second round pick next year, and a player. I think the Bucks should go get Blake Griffin. I was thinking that too in my head. The Bucks. Yep. Especially now that the Lopez brothers only want to shoot threes and don't want to be in the post. You know, I'm writing all this down for 2K21 later tonight, so I'm totally going to try to this later. Trading Blake Griffin to the box later for a second round pick. <laughs> I will. I will be. I will be putting this on our box out Twitter if I can pull this off tonight. Um, I want to talk about college basketball a little bit too, and we already know the NCAA tournament's happening. It was announced that the NIT is happening as well, <laughs> uh-huh. happening in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I'll start with Jason, then I'll go to you, Nick. Jay, should this even be happening? Does anyone even care about the NIT? I know this is like a made-for-TV thing now because ESPN's showing all the games. Is this even worth the risk at this point, especially with Texas being 100% wide open now? Well, I think that's probably why you know ESPN's on board with it too because it's happening in Texas. So for that standpoint, yeah, I see why they're doing it. I'm not really interested in NIT this year. I'm barely interested in conference tournament play in general. I just feel like, you know, with COVID, we should just have the tournament, the regular NCAA tournament, and just roll the dice. You're not looking forward to Kentucky versus Duke in the NIT? I mean, that's going to be some There's no chance. There's no chance that they're going to have either one in the NIT. They're going to find a way to sneak them both in the tournament. Well, Uh, that was the next topic, though. Garrett. Well, that was the next topic, though, because I'm glad you mentioned that. Because Nick, I want to talk about that. Because right now, according to Joe Lenardi, Duke is in his final four out. His, uh, his first four out of the tournament. They played better. Do you think they still make it? Do you think? And we talked about this last week. Do you think this is going to be more of like a career achievement award for Duke getting into the tournament, even though they have not played like a tournament team all year? It would be an absolute disgrace if Duke is in the tournament. If you, if they had the same if if Wake Forest who plays the same opponents as them had the same record as Duke they would not even be close to the Final Four out. So forget about career accomplishments. That's nonsense. It should be about this season and this season only. And Duke has been subpar with the top recruiting class once again. Same goes for Kentucky. I don't want to see either of these guys in the, in the tournament. Uh, you know what? UConn had to stay out a few years. They didn't get their career accomplishments. So let them be out. Uh, I don't want to see Duke in the tournament. They don't deserve it. And you know what? If they are in the tournament, they should be a 16 seed or be in the playing game. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so Duke is going to be what Mammoth was for years and years and years when I went to school there. <laughs> Just always number 16 playing. Yeah, put, put Mammoth in over Duke. I don't know why I'm <laughs> doing this shit, but I want Mammoth in the tournament over Duke. Uh, Jason, same question. And I think Nick mentioned Kentucky too. Kentucky, they're playing a little better. I know they have a losing record in conference, but 
they have the SEC tournament coming up. If they make a run, they're blue blood. Do they get in? Or do you think maybe the selection committee has some sense this year and go, you know what? It's a crazy season. There are some more deserving teams. Georgia Tech just beat Duke. I think Georgia Tech is a better team than Duke right now. Does these blue blood teams sneak in? Now, if you ask me between Duke and Kentucky, who has a better chance of sneaking in? I'm going to say Kentucky because they have a, a easier path in the SEC. Whereas Duke and the ACC, they're getting beat, like you said, by Georgetown. Uh, George, I mean, Georgia Tech. So I feel like Duke's going to sneak in there. Kentucky's going to get in. Mark my words, as a 12th seed in the tournament. That sucks. And I mean, Nick, I don't know if you heard the show or anything, but I have a hatred for John Calipari. I um, hate Calipari. I hate I hated Memphis. I hate Derrick Rose. I hate Kentucky. I hate every every player in the league from Kentucky. I hate Emmanuel Quickly's okay. Uh, I just I just can't, I can't stand these Kentucky guys. Uh, I hate Anthony Davis. I hate Carl Anthony Towns. I can't stand John Wall. I don't like Calipari players. I don't like Duke players either. I hate RJ Barrett. I don't oh. like the Duke players. Yeah, it's a same. It's like for NFL. I hate Alabama and USC players. I don't want on my team. You know, these guys are great in college. They're not great pros. I don't know when. When's the last time a Kentucky or a Duke guy led his team to the NBA championship by himself, or was the focal point around a team? From I mean, looking back when he was drafted on that team, yeah, Davis won last year. You know why Davis won? Because he played with LeBron James. <laughs> him and Demarcus Cousins couldn't win a damn game with the Kings or the Pelicans or together. John Wall was horrendous with the Wizards. He's terrible Jason, with the Rockets. Jason Tatum could have led Boston to greatness if Danny Ainge wasn't such a hoarder with draft picks. But go ahead. Um, but maybe if Kyrie Irving got out of the way, Jason Tatum could have. Uh, I mean, well, they, well, they, I mean, that year Kyrie didn't play. That was their year. That was their and best so, year. That was their year to, to win. Terry, to Terry Rozier killed it. Terry Rozier had his John Starks moment and just decided to go off and just shoot up threes, knowing he couldn't make anything. The only um, Kyle Kyrie player I like is Marcus Camby. Who? Was, okay, that's fair. Uh, who was also caught taking money, which Calipari claimed he didn't know, which goes to my. Dirty coach comment, but listen, they made the final four, but actually they didn't. They revoked that. That's it, a, we yeah, get to another topic for the time, but the fact that you know, NCAA wants to remove, you know, final four runs. Maybe it didn't happen. What are you kidding me? Of course it happened. And the Michigan, the they they didn't they, the Fab Five, they didn't exist. Come on now, the Michigan's <laughs> basketball program is built on the Fab Five, and their head coach right now, Jawan Howard, is one of the greatest players of all time in school mm-hmm. But apparently he didn't he didn't play at the school. But he's allowed to come back and coach. And their head coach, he got kicked. He got kicked to the curb too. What nonsense! The NCAA is is, is rolling in money. It's that's why that's why the NIT is happening. That's why the yep. NCAA tournament's happening. It's mm-hmm. an absolute joke. There you go. I like this. Another Calipari hater. I love this. Um, we have an R-Star team set up. Team LeBron, Giannis, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic. Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Chris Paul, Jalen Brown, Paul George, Sabonis from the Pacers, and Gobert from the Jazz. Team Durant, who will not be playing. He's out until after the All-Star break. Kyrie, Embiid, Kawhi, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, James Harden, Devin Booker, Zion Williamson, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Vucevic from Magic, and Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz. And that is your All-Star team. For also oh, game Mitchell, that should not be happening. Mitchell at all. was the last pick. Last pick in the draft. I mean, yep. I, I'm confused. You know, like 
was Kevin Durant like on auto draft or does Wi Fi go down? Or what is he doing in this draft here? LeBron picks Giannis, Steph Curry, Luca, and Jokic, and then Lillard. And it, I mean, how LeBron's team's going to win this easily? Then he gets Chris Paul later on, gets the aforementioned Ben Simmons, who's an all star. Rudy Gobert's last pick. Can we talk about this? LeBron literally has probably. The, the smartest basketball team right now between himself, between Curry, Doncic, Jokic, Dame Lillard. That's like some of the smartest IQ guys in basketball-wise on that team. That's right. insanity. Like you said. Who's, who's playing power forward? LeBron James? I guess so. Uh, probably LeBron. You can put Ben Simmons at the, you put, put ben Simmons at the four. Who's playing, who's playing point guard? Luca, Steph, or Chris Paul? You probably Luca. I'll make Luca the point. Yeah. How about Chris Paul? I mean, last year with amazing the Thunder were great. What if that? What if he been a great New York Nick? Well, I said a couple weeks ago. I said a couple. I said a couple weeks ago. I think he's one of the most underrated players in NBA, and I feel like he's just like he just shows up and he just teaches these guys how to win. Right. And OKC, they had no business winning in the games last year, and he willed them to win. Phoenix looks so much better. They look really good in the bubble. You add Chris Paul, and he just kind of takes it to another level. So I think he's probably an underrated player in the NBA. Real fast before we go, I want to talk about Shaq and last night. Um, Jay, did you see it? I did. I did. Okay. Okay. First of all, I want to say this. Wasn't that bad? Wasn't bad. It was a good match. Like good. Shaq, Shaq was a big. Shaq performed like a big man. Jay Shaq was impressive too. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. But what are your thoughts on Shaq, Jay? Last night, getting not just putting out a power bomb, and then a table, a table spot. Shaq was definitely in, he enjoyed his bump. I thought it was a great. It was entertaining, and I can't wait for when him and Big Show finally go at it. No more BS. We need Paul. That's right. It's not, not Big Show anymore. No Big guys, Show. I got, I got one wrestling question. Why is AEW having a pay-per-view go up against the NBA All-Star game? Like, why are they moving away from Because the All-Star well, game was a last-minute add-on. AEW is probably booked for months. Well, no. Actually, AEW got bumped because I think they have a Canelo fight. I think Canelo fought this past Saturday or this Saturday. Something went on with the schedule where they couldn't get a Saturday slot. So they're making Sunday. This is the only Sunday pay-per-view they said they're going to have. But there was some weird things happening. Like, we we couldn't get a Sunday. So that's why I'm doing Sunday. Trust me, I don't want to watch it on Sunday. And CM Punk is going to be the guy. CM Punk? I think it's going to be Kurt Angle. (sighs) Don't say that. Or it's going to – I think it's going to be like a – you know, we were talking about this before the show. It's going to be somebody who is a Hall of Fame caliber – athlete or UFC person, not a Hall of Fame caliber wrestler. Um, so to be something new in that regard, or it's going to be Big Show's first heel turn. And he's going to say, gotcha, guys, it's me. Um, we'll see. But I, I was impressed with the match. Uh, Shaq looked better than I thought he was going to look. We mm-hmm. still got to see Big Show. Remember, he, Shaq chickened out from the WrestleMania match about five years ago. It was all set in stone. I, I think I was thinking about this last night. It was so cool when Shaq came out in the uh, the Battle Royal um, at WrestleMania, Andre Giant Battle Royal. That was like so cool. I was like, wow, I wish that would have happened. It would have been great on the grand stage. Uh, but 
you know, Shaq, he really sold that table thing. Great. It looked like he died. They zoomed in on his fingernails. And I was like, why are Shaq's fingernails so long? I don't, they kept showing it. And I was like, you know what? He's in a fight, so it makes sense. Why would you cut your nails? Keep them sharp and, you know, damage the opponent. His slaps were, his, his slaps were crazy, but him and Big Those Show are good. Those I don't think Shaq wants to get that physical, but uh, what what happened? How did he get out of the ambulance? What was funny was when they tried to close the ambulance door, he had to put his pair to pull his feet in because they had to get the ambulance. (laughs) Like they they didn't think to get a long ambulance. Like, hey, we should probably get a bigger ambulance or at least let's, let's, let's try this out first. Yep. I think Jade was somewhat impressive. Red Velvet looked really good. Red Velvet made a name for herself last night. But I was very curious. I'm really scared about Sunday because my head, someone mentioned Bully Ray has the person, and I'm like, oh god, no! You know him. what was like, stupid though? But they did the big table spot with Shaq, and about 30 minutes later, they do another table spot with the, yep. the Young Bucks and the Inner Circle. Maybe it's going to be Ryback on Sunday. We'll see. I mean, the opportunity. I'm not. You're, you're making this worse. Today. You're making this worse. Well, ideally, who would you want it to be? I mean, it, you, it has to be like a punk. It has to be a Batista. It has to be. It has to be someone like that. Someone that can wrestle. Kurt Angle is shot. He 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 can't go anymore. So it can't be him. It hey, has I to mean, be he's like right he's thirty years younger than Tully Blanchard. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully Tully Blanchard's not wrestling every week because that. You was, know, sometimes that when was, I watch AEW, when I watch AEW, I'm like, am I watching? WWF from the 80s, or am I watching WCW from the 90s? Because that's, or am I watching WWE from the 2010s? Because that's basically all the prominent players are coming from there. And, you know, like a guy like Will Hobbs, who I think is better off with Taz now, but, and it's a Brian Cage too. These guys come in, they try to build them up, and they lose their first match. I don't know. Uh, F- yeah. Team FTW has to go over on Sting and Darby Allen. Well, someone mentioned on Twitter yesterday, in that first hour between seeing Shaq and then you see Tully Blanchard and then you see the Young Bucks, they said it was like a fever, a wrestling fever dream of just all, right. all this random stuff. It was like, there's yeah. a lot happening right now. <laughs> but, Nick, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hope you had a good time. Next oh, yeah. time you and Joe come on, we'll, we'll, we'll congregate maybe for the end of the season awards. Um, tell us about your podcast. Tell us how people listen to it. Tell us how people get to it. So the podcast is named – you know ah right. And you can check it out on Spotify or head on over to invozone.io. Don't put .com, put .io. So in the zone.io, that's where you'll find it. We've got the videos there, the articles, amazing guests coming up, amazing guests in the past. And follow me on Twitter at Nick underscore Durst. And that's where we're tweeting everything. You'll see a lot of engagement with our, our, our guests as well. And check it out. You'll enjoy the show as much as I enjoyed coming on the box out here tonight, guys. Right, thanks so much you. for coming, Jay. As always, great show, brother. Likewise. And we'll be back next Thursday night live here on the Just Hoop Talk YouTube channel. The podcast of the show will be out tomorrow afternoon. Check us out on Spotify and iTunes. For Jason Porter, from Nick Durst, I'm KT Kalopanis. We'll see you next week. Peace out. This has been The Box Out with Khalil Thomas and Jason Cordner. Subscribe now for the best tri-state area basketball talk.